Sota Perik Tes, Mishnah Tes 9-9, and really the last Mishnah that discusses Egla Rufi here in Amasechta, it says, Mishirabu HaRotzchanim, once the murderers proliferated, Batla Egla Rufa, they decided to stop doing the Egla Rufa procedure. Um, the idea here, of course, is that there's some level of farce to it if it's happening all the time. And, and more than that, since the whole premise of the Egerufa is that you don't know who the murderer is, once there are certain known murderers, as the mission will say, so then it's not really totally anonymous crime, and therefore they decided to stop doing it. As the mission says, Mishabah Eliezer ben Dinai, from the time that Eliezer ben Dinai arrived on the scene, Utechina ben Prisha Hayanikra, he changed his name. That's one shot. That's a fine shot. Um, that he changed his name to be called by this name, Trina ben Prisha, so that he, you know, would be in like a pseudonym, so people couldn't find him. There are the others and other girsas that say this is a separate person. Chazru lekroso ben Haratzchan. Then they, when the people figured out this ruse of the second name, they changed it so they referred to him as like ben Haratzchan, like you know, the son of a murderer. So the point is that once they had known murderers and there wasn't such an anonymity to who the murderers were and very possibly people knew who was doing the killing, so they stopped doing Egla Rufa. That's the end of the Egla Rufa topic for the whole Masechah, really. And now and we'll have sort of a few other topics. We're going to sort of transition for the rest of the Masechah, really, into how things changed over time. Um, and here we're going to talk about, um, returning to our original topic of Sota for a moment, we see Mishirabu HaManafim, once the philanderers, the adulterers proliferated, um, so then Pasku HaMaim HaMarim, they stopped administering the bitter waters to test the Sota woman. Um, the idea was that once people in general, whole society is breaking down in terms of their morality and fidelity between husband and wife. So then um, the whole thing, again, was potentially going to be a, a make for a farce because, uh, you know, if, if A, it could lead to people who... Remember, the Pusik says, the Pusik says that it has to be that the husband is also free of sin. The Pusik actually literally says, Vinikaha ish me avon, um, which... The context, in context, it means that the son who brings his wife to drink and she ends up dying, he will be free of sin. But the drush is the husband also has to be nakima avoni, has to be totally free of sin, as we saw before, meaning the husband can't, let's say, have slept with um, his wife after she became forbidden to him after stira um, that followed a kinoi. And um, other before she learned in addition to that, it could be like, let's say, for example, if, if he had himself an adulteress with another married woman, and so on. So then it wouldn't um, test her either, because as I explained from the whole Masechta through, that the point is to take a nice, good, wholesome, happy couple that now has sort of been checkmated because of these halachas of Kino and Stira, Kino and Stira to be um, to rebuild up their marriage, and Hashem will vouch for the wife. But the whole thing doesn't work anymore once you know people are just being dishonest and being uh, immoral. And worse than that, um, it'll come to be that people will A, be erasing Hashem's name for no good reason because it won't work anyways, and B, people will say that Hashem's Torah and this process isn't true because the women who know they were guilty end up not getting punished because their husbands also were guilty, So therefore, but they don't know about the husband, they don't know about the wife, so it indicates that, suggests that the 
the process doesn't work. And therefore, they decided not to do it. Now, who decided not to do it? It was Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai Hifsikan. It was Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai, the first of the Nesim after the Chorban. He's the one who stopped administering them. Shenamar, because he saw in this, in this Pasuk, this is a Pasuk um, from Hosea, and really refers to the time in the future, where Hashem says, Lo Efkod, I won't, like, check your wives, like, with the bit of water, he understood it to refer to, Al Benosechem because of virtue of your daughters who are ki tiznena because they are they're 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 adulterous and otherwise you know immoral val kolosechem ki tenafena and also because of your daughters-in-law who also are adulterous ki heim and the passage continues with the mishnah and quote it Im hazonus yifaredu. Everyone is being totally immoral, and therefore the bitter waters don't work. The husbands are guilty as the wives, and the parents are also guilty for not keeping their children in check. And society is falling down, and therefore the waters don't work anymore. And for all those reasons, and really essentially because we don't want the Torah to be looked at as a farce, or the Hashem's anti erased for no good reason. So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai stopped uh, the administration of the bitter waters. Now, one more point here, but it's like a new, it, it, it's a new, a new point here. It says, Mishames Yosi ben Yoezer ish Tzreda ve'Yosi ben Yochanan ish Yushalayim. When that pair, the first of the five Zugos, pairs we saw from Pirkei Avos, um, when they died, so then Batlu HaEshkolos, that was the end of people called Eshkolos. Um, the word Eshkolos, as the Baratuna speaks out, is an Ish Shakolbo, it's a notricon, a portmanteau for the word Ish Shakolbo, meaning that he had the entire Mesora without any doubts or lack of clarity um, or subjectimachlokus. Because until the time of those Yosis, uh, there was there was no machlokus in classroom regarding a din, how to pass him to do something. Um near the end of his life, so then um Yosef and Ezer, he I guess his memory his memory lapsed on him. And they had a bit of machlokus. It's a famous machlokus. We learn in, in uh, Chagiga, if you do smicha on Yom Tov, that was the first machlokus that proliferated. And at that point and thereafter, um, the Masora had at least some um, imperfections, and therefore no one had a whole, single, complete, uncontested, incontrovertible um, Masora, so that no one anymore was like an Eshkol. So that was the end of that category of people. Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, this is really also from Madrash, this is a Pasuk um, from Micha, um, where many times throughout Chazal, the Klai Israel are referred to as a, like a kerem, a vineyard, and Eshkolot, which although it, it's referring to Ish Shakolbo, the word Eshkol means like a, a, um, a grape uh, cluster, a grape cluster. So um, here we, we have, we're, we're, we're Navi Micha says, "Ein eshkol." There's no more clusters of grapes leachol to eat. Bikura ivsa nafshi. My soul pines away. It desires a like a first ripened fig. And um, the point is, this is a mushal all for um, people want at least some. You know, there's no no. The Navi saying there's no you know people around that are of great spiritual stature anymore, and so we understand that's referring to. Um, Everybody, even one Eshkol, a person who's got the entire Masora like that. Um, uh, elsewhere, the Pasuk says, just, you know, in, in Micha, that the, the next Pasuk, 
it says avar chasidim in arts. There's like all the righteous, all the chasidim, all the righteous, holy, pious people have like left or gone from the land. The yashar ba'adam ayin, and there's no one anymore who's totally upright. So you, the connection between the first pasuk and the second pasuk is is telling you that the eshkol is like a metaphorical reference to people who are like chasidim sha'ish sha'kolbo.